Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. This is probably the episode that I've been looking forward to most, and it's been made even better now because Desiree, my sister, who is 37 weeks pregnant, is currently in the hospital because her water broke this morning and she is waiting for labor to officially begin. So why not record a podcast with her annoying, bossy, older sister who's been coaching her through her pregnancy? Desiree, thank you for being here, especially today. (laughs) Yeah, today of all days. I know. I mean, it just makes sense, right? For how this has gone for you. Yeah. uh, Yep. (laughs) So Desiree does not really use social media much, but chances are, if you are listening to this episode, you have seen her belly make its way around the internet a few times because she has allowed me to coach her through her pregnancy and be able to coach you by using her body and explain a lot of the reasons for some of the choices she's made with her training and some adjustments and looking at her diastasis and all of those fun things. So I always appreciate it when my athletes let me share and therefore coach thousands of you. So Desiree, thank you for um, allowing me to use your body. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured it, that uh, I figured it would happen given what you do. <laughs> yeah. So it was inevitable. Yeah. So, you know, obviously Desiree, her background is in CrossFit primarily. Um, and that was the kind of training she wanted to do through pregnancy. So she kept doing CrossFit at her gym, but used the pregnant athlete training program to guide a lot of her training. And then you still did some class workouts, right? Or kind of made up your own thing. Yeah. Um, more early on, I would still do some of the class workouts that were programmed or like added my own things, but as things got later on in pregnancy, I kind of just threw that out the window because none of that felt good anymore. So to just kind of what your program said for the week. Right. And so what, how did you feel during your first trimester? How did your exercise feel? How did your body feel? How did your brain feel? Touch on a few of those things. Uh, first trimester, I was pretty tired. Most of it. Um, I napped more than I think I've ever napped in my life. Um, and my husband can attest, like, I am not a, a nap person. Yeah, it's um, like not in our blood. Yeah, so feeling like I couldn't make it through a full day without, you know, sleeping for an hour was very odd. Um, so energy was generally pretty low. I would say that that kind of kicked in around, like, maybe week seven or eight. Um, it's like the first month where I wasn't even sure I was pregnant, like, felt fine and normal. Um, but yeah, after that point, um, just felt really fatigued, felt very nauseous, 
um, thankfully didn't really struggle with actually throwing up, but just had morning sickness. That was a whole day long event for like six weeks straight. Um, I was still able to eat, but just kind of had food aversions. Didn't really want to, but still did anyway. Um, workouts kind of followed in suit where I was still going to the gym, you know, probably four or five times a week, but just didn't have the same energy to put into it as I did before. Yeah. You know. I remember you kind of saying like, I don't even know what the point is. Like, just feeling like so kind of discouraged because you didn't really look pregnant yet, but you felt like shit and you didn't, it just was sort of a, it just felt like working out didn't serve what it normally served for you. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even just that it wasn't feeling like it was serving an overall point like it used to, but it was also that I just, for whatever reason, it, it didn't feel as good. Um, yeah. Not like physically, more like mentally where I would do the workout and not really feel like more energized afterwards or like, Oh, I'm so glad I did that. It was like, Oh, I trudged through it and did what I had to do. Cause I know that it's like good for me to be exercising, but the almost like the mental payoff of it was absent for whatever reason. Your dopamine was like, not today. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I, I kind of felt like I was going through the motions as opposed to like actually feeling satisfied with working out, which that was a big change. Yeah. And that was pretty hard for you, right? Because exercise is a big outlet. Yeah. I mean, I have a pretty stressful job and so it's a nice place for me to go to get my brain centered on something else where I have to think about something else and just be very present centered. Right. So kind of losing the, like the positive side effect of being right. there kind of sucked. Right. And you mentioned your job. So before we move forward in the episode, I think it's important for people to have context of what you do and what you know, especially because it so heavily influences pregnancy and postpartum. So what do you do? So I'm a clinical psychologist and I work for the VA um, so I see and treat a lot of PTSD, depression, anxiety. Those are kind of the top three, I would say, um, amongst many other mental health struggles. Right. And then that's working uh, with veterans, just to be clear. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is obviously a really tough job. You said very stressful. And do you find that it's easy to notice like shifts and changes to your mental health, which is so incredibly common for all of us during pregnancy and eventually postpartum. But do you feel like as a psychologist, you're able to be really in tune with that or is it still hard? Kind of yes to both of those. So I, I feel like I definitely have a maybe more tuned in barometer um, on kind of my mental health state and also clearly signs and symptoms right. that I can see in myself. And at the same time, I'm still human and the old adage of, you know, like being unable to take your own advice, so to speak, uh, still rings true. Like I'm not perfectly insightful and I don't see everything that I, that might be going on, um, mentally, but I think I eventually can tune into it or if it's kind of pointed out, I can readily accept it or see it then, right. um, which might be maybe different from someone who didn't maybe have the same background perhaps. Right. Yeah. I just like to give people that um, I guess like permission to know, like, even when you are technically an expert <laughs> in this, it's still really hard to recognize, like, 
oh, I'm depressed or, oh, I'm like really anxious about this and be able to sort it out because I think there's a lot of, um, I should have known, or why didn't I see this? Or, I mean, I wish I would have done this or that. There's just a lot of those feelings of guilt or shame surrounding mental health during pregnancy and postpartum. So when did you, so you made it through your first trimester as you entered your second trimester, like when did you start feeling pregnant? Like, when did you start feeling like, okay, this is when I need to really embrace this or start making some adjustments? I would say around 20 weeks is when I actually felt more pregnant. That's also when I started to um, maybe look more pregnant to, to people who didn't know me. I remember that was the week that I had a stranger um, comment on my baby bump for the first time. Um, Very confidently, I might add they were (laughs) so, um, and I was honestly a little surprised and taken aback because I, I hadn't quite realized how I was appearing to others that's when I think they started to feel it more. Uh, that was also roughly the time that I, I think I felt the baby kick for the first time around. I don't remember, maybe like 19 weeks. It, it was kind of in that same time frame or so. Yes. Um, and so that also kind of helped to make it feel more real. Like, Oh, I, yep. I, I definitely am pregnant. Um, in terms of my training though, like I had already stopped doing a decent amount of movements. Um, and and had kind of tapered back on certain things, right? Um, so, like, if in terms of feeling pregnant in that regard, like I was already feeling it with my training, but maybe not in every other aspect of my life. Yeah, was it hard for you to see your body start to change like that? Yeah, um, it was kind of like a self conscious thing where. Like I knew obviously that, that I was pregnant, all my, my close friends and family did, but you know, there's this weird stage where I think most people can align with this. Like you just kind of look pudgy (laughs) a little bit, um, or like you're kind of getting a a bit of a gut and that was kind of odd. And I remember thinking to myself then that like, oh my gosh, I look, I look big. Um, but in reality it was just bigger than what my body had been and nowhere near to how big I currently am. Uh, So it's funny to look back on those photos now and look at the mindset that I was having around that timeframe and, and realize kind of with a different perspective now, like what I actually looked like. Um, But it didn't feel that way in the moment. Right. And then it's hard to like not compare yourself. I know you also have like a lot of pregnant friends and I think you had so many conversations around just social media and then the comparisons of Am I supposed to look like this at yeah, like looking pregnant? too pregnant? Yeah. Do I look too pregnant, you know, for where you were at, at that point in time, yeah. and that's such a mind fuck for people. And like, for me too, it, there's no shame in that. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. And it, you know, I'm 33 for the record. And so I'm definitely at an age where a lot of people that I know in my personal life, um, and also just kind of distantly removed via social media now are also having babies like a lot of them and so there's no there's no shortage of you know pictures or or other people's experiences that are being talked about you know it's just it's so easy to to find comparisons I guess even if you're not looking for them right it's just in your face right yeah I was gonna say like what's it like being pregnant in 2022 because I feel like when I was first pregnant with Kate nine years ago there, like there was Facebook, there was kind of Instagram, but like, I didn't have an Instagram until after he was born and there just wasn't a ton of information. There was like mommy Facebook groups and that was about it. 
But now you have access to a ton of information. And I imagine it's really overwhelming to see, again, pregnancy in your face and what to do, what not to do, what's right, what's not right. And just really overwhelming to sort through that information and how it relates to you. Yeah, I really like to learn. I think that's obvious perhaps by the career choice where I maxed out schooling basically. Yeah. But it's been a blessing and a curse because if you if you like to learn and if you're a bit neurotic and like to be very uh, prepared and and educated about things, maybe overly educated, then there is no shortage of information out there to be had. And I also found myself getting sucked into rabbit holes of being too overwhelmed with how much information there was because there's there's no end to it. Right. You can always learn more. There's always an additional you know, educational Instagram page or, or birth course that's being advertised or, you know, Google articles as much as, you know, you try not to do that. Um, so it's, I found myself getting, it ended up being counterproductive for a period of time there where I was just looking into too much and I had to be cognizant of that and realize that it was actually like not helping my anxiety level. It wasn't solving the the questions I was having, it was just creating more and kind of working against my own self. So I had to be very conscientious about, you know, how much time I was spending or, or kind of what rabbit holes I let myself go down. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes to show you that you're in the hospital right now. Your water broke at 37 weeks. You can be as prepared as possible and have certain set expectations and motherhood is like, hold my beer, you know? And I mean, that's just, they, they yeah. get like inundated like that, right? We just get, or maybe not inundated, just like initiated really hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good times. So let's go back to talking about your training during pregnancy. You enter that second trimester. When did you start getting some like pelvic, pelvic floor symptoms? Um, I don't remember the exact week, but it was fairly early. I want to yeah. say maybe like 20... 24, 26 weeks, um, I started to have some pelvic pain. um, And I had already sought out um, pelvic floor physical therapy, but I'd only had like one appointment with them. And then in between appointment one and two was when I started to have that pain. So it was kind of nice that I was already set up with a provider to be able to chat about that with. What was your pain like? Like what symptoms did you experience? Initially, it just felt like a lot of pressure, um, almost as if like the baby had dropped or something. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like he was suddenly really low, um, kind of like a head. Your butt pain. or vagina? Um, more vagina, um, just kind of like low abdomen. Yeah. And it just felt heavy. Um, and like I needed to waddle more basically when I was walking. Um, and, went away. and I, <laughs> what was that? So that never went away. Yeah, no, it just camped up. Um, but yeah, there was certain, you know, movements, like any sort of like single leg movements or things where I was like, I usually would have incorporated um, like a side lunge for a stretch just to warm up um, as part of my typical warm up exercises. And like, I really couldn't do that. That aggravated it too much. So. And so you went to pelvic floor physical therapy and here's some background for all of my fellow coaches or practitioners, nerds listening, who have maybe heard me talk about this stuff one or a thousand times. Uh, Desiree is a high tension, high stress human. 
she has been this way her whole life, um, where she just holds a lot of tension, like in her jaw, in her traps, uh, in her glutes, in her abs. She just is kind of constantly contracted. So we knew early on in her pregnancy that cueing her for pelvic floor and TA and like encouraging all of this engagement wasn't going to serve her. And since she was already a high tension human, we knew that pelvic pain was in a lot of ways, even kind of expected because as your body grows, it needs to coordinate and relax and downtrain a little bit to accommodate the growth of the baby and the changes of the body. And that can be really hard when we're holding a lot of tension in our body. And so Desiree was able to incorporate a lot of downtraining exercises with the help and guidance from her pelvic floor physical therapist to just really teach her how to relax her pelvic floor, relax her belly and what to feel for. So when she's able to finally relax that system, then she would be able to know what it feels like to engage that system, but in a way that's like a two out of 10 effort versus her kind of natural state of like seven to eight out of 10 of just kind of holding tension. So Desiree, that was really hard for you to learn, right? Yeah. You know, even after my first appointment where she was kind of trying to give me some feedback and cues on like if I was truly relaxing and then sending home with those exercises to do, I still question like, am I, am I actually doing it? Am I, am I actually achieving relaxation? And it was on my second appointment that um, they did some biofeedback and I was actually able to kind of see on the monitor when I was relaxing versus tensing. And that was an incredibly helpful thing for me to almost like get the, um, the feedback and the validation of if I was, what it felt like when I was relaxed versus tense versus somewhere in the middle. Totally. Yeah. And like different positions can help you feel that like getting on all fours, laying on your back, laying on your stomach, as long as your stomach isn't too big. So if you're postpartum, that can help a lot, just getting that proprioceptive feedback, but Desiree is able to see it visually being hooked up and say like, okay, like I'm relaxing. Okay. Yes. I can see that that is like, it's lengthening basically. And then on exhale and with the, pelvic floor contraction or the TA contraction, there is engagement, that muscle and that system um, is able to contract. And that feedback really helps you understand your body because when you're told, listen to your body, no one's taught you how to listen to your body like this. Not at all. We're taught how to create tension and create pressure. We're not really taught how to downregulate some of that. And like, I like the laps that you're doing. Um, if this goes on YouTube, you guys will see See Desiree. <laughs> Look, like you showered today. I haven't even showered today. So I feel like you're doing great. Um, so you had some of those symptoms. We reduced a because you were having some pelvic pain, any kind of like running, impact, transfer, single leg exercises, that was all reduced from her program, which we start to reduce a lot of volume of and frequency of in the pregnant athlete training program anyway, because it's so easily aggravated pelvic pain, that dullness or that sharp shooting pain. Did you have any of that where you felt like you were kind of getting stabbed in the crotch? Um, not so much. It got a little sharp depend, like actually rolling over in bed Mm -hmm. sometimes produce like the most intense pain out of all of it, but no, it mostly continued on as kind of a dull ache. Yeah. Um, and then as I kind of removed the movements that I knew would aggravate it and started incorporating in strategies that would kind of help, right. Um, you know, let it calm down, so to speak. Um, I haven't really had 
too much pain that's been interfering in like, as my pregnancy continued on from that point, um, just kind of more periodic here and there. But since I haven't really been doing anything to that would aggravate it, that's been greatly helpful. Good. And so now you're moving into your, or you're in your third trimester, you are moving into birth right now. Um, yes. What has the past like month or two looked like for you? The last month is obviously more fresh in my mind, but slowed down a lot. Um, even just in these last couple of weeks, like it's been a significant shift week to week in terms of how fast I was able to walk. Um, and I normally am a very fast walker. So going at a snail's pace where even my husband is faster than me is a whole new experience. Um, and same thing with kind of energy levels at the gym, bare minimum effort, like not, not doing, you know, the program from, for your week and then more like kind of just doing that and being like, that's good enough <laughs> and, yeah. and calling it a day, um, taking more rest days. Uh, so, you know, maybe working out three to maybe four times a week and, and even that four times my, my workout might be just a, a mile and a half walk. Yeah. Like, and that, that's my workout for the day. Yeah. Um, and that totally counts now <laughs> where, you know, I, I don't know if I ever really in my past would have conceptualized going for just a walk as a valid workout, but it sure feels like it now. So yeah. welcome to mom life, my friend. Yep. Um, so, and that obviously, when you contrast that with how you were training before getting pregnant, this is dramatically different in terms of intensity and frequency and all of that. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I'm making up numbers here, but I feel like I'm doing like 30% capacity of what I was doing both in terms of, you know, intensity of the workout, frequency of my workouts, um, length of my workouts, like everything is much less. Yeah. I mean, I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'm asking, I'm trying to like um, filter in what a lot of people have asked when, when I put that question box up on Instagram. Um, have you felt like pressure from within or maybe environmental pressure or social media pressure to keep training a certain way or to keep exercising a certain way or in order to have like a really healthy or fit kind of pregnancy? Not really. Um, I'm likely biased because of especially having you as my sister and being kind of surrounded by a, a different type of culture around pregnancy and fitness for, well, as long as you've been doing this business. Yeah. So I've had a, maybe a, again, a biased mindset that maybe others aren't exposed to right. um, throughout my pregnancy and training, but I know what the sort of negative outcomes can be of, of pushing it too hard of not listening to your body, quote unquote, of not taking a smart approach to things. And the, honestly, the fear of having, you know, long-term negative consequences by, by an action that was unnecessary, you know, for this relatively temporary time in my life, it just wasn't worth it to me. So, you know, I, I didn't face any sort of pressure from people at my gym or, you know, my coaches or the owner or anything like that, it was all very supportive. And they knew that I would come in and be doing a completely different thing than the rest of the class. And I was given the freedom and, and grace to do so with like no big deal. So yeah. it was a good environment for me. Yeah. It's awesome that the culture of like pregnant athlete 
has changed so much over the years. And obviously I've worked freaking ass off to make that happen, but I'm glad that you have not been brought up in this season the same way that I was sort of brought up in that season because it's so much extra pressure um, and expectation that is just incredibly unnecessary and really hurtful to have to navigate. So I'm really glad that you didn't have that pressure from yourself or your environment and it's still not as common as it should be. You know, like I wish there were more athletes who have the experience that you've had, but unfortunately there's still a lot who have had the experience that I do. So we're now, you are 37 weeks pregnant. You are in the hospital. You are going to be having this baby, hopefully within the next 24 hours. Yep. What are you most afraid of and what are you most excited for? Ooh, I know. Like a job interview question. No, hard. Hit. Um, afraid of is just all of the the unknown. So that's pretty much everything, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. So can I say that kind of all of it? Yeah. Um, afraid of everything. Yeah, yeah. I, it's true. There are so many unknown factors um, and variables. Yeah. So like, you know, obviously this came as a bit of a surprise being only 37 weeks, like as of today, I'm exactly 37 weeks. So I thought I had a bit more time. So trying to wrap my mind around all the things that I hadn't quite gotten done yet that are now just going to have to be what it is. Um, so that's, that's anxiety provoking. So lesson, right? I know. <laughs> um, but also just, I mean, in general, not knowing how the next 24 hours and then some of my life are going to look in terms of how this labor progresses and, and what I may need done. Obviously what it's going to be like to actually have a baby here. This is my first pregnancy, first baby. So like a strong learning curve in my near future, I feel. So that's anxiety provoking. Um, in terms of excited, I mean, this is something that I've obviously wanted for a long time. Like I've known that I've wanted to have a baby um, and, and become a mom. So it's just a little surreal that like that's today. Um, kind of a weird thing to wrap my mind around, actually. Yeah. So it's exciting, but scary all at the same time. Yeah. In the best possible way, your life is about to get totally transformed in the matter of hours. Yes. Yeah. And I don't really know of any other circumstances. I'm sure there's a few I could think of, but uh, where that is the case where it's such a drastic turn. Yeah. And in terms of birth, we've kind of gone over in our conversations that you have a very open mind to how he is delivered and you're not, you don't have a really like rigid birth plan like I did, for example. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Thanks for letting me learn uh, from your experience. Yep. Yeah. And I just, I am so grateful that you're going in being informed and being flexible. And that's what I wish every first time mom had to know that there's no best or right way to have a baby. All of it is so incredibly individual and there's only so much that we truly have control of. So I think the more flexible you can be versus rigid, better off you're going to be. Yeah. I had been making kind of mental notes of accepting a variety of different outcomes of how labor and delivery can go and trying to find peace with all of them. And ironically, the one scenario that I hadn't fully thought about or, or, 
or thought as a, a likely scenario I would need to mentally prepare for was going into labor early. So <laughs> joke's on me. <laughs> I'm telling you, they teach us all of the lessons we need to know. And it starts, I mean, for me, it started in labor. For you, it started today. <laughs> this morning at 5.30. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah, so Desiree's water broke at 5.30 this morning and she was a little confused, not sure exactly what she was feeling until until she knew. <laughs> Yeah, until I went to my doctor's appointment, which was already scheduled for today, and uh, had them check, and it was wildly apparent that it had fully broken. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Baby. I'll save the graphic details. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked a really good question, which I, I, uh, I liked, is, like, what helps you feel and remember your power? Clearly that's not a me question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a you question. No. Um, I don't, maybe just like all of the life experiences that I've had up to this point that I've had to be, you know, strong or powerful to, to make it through, you know, whether that was, you know, something like with physicality, with sports, um, or just really tough emotional you know, life experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of drawing from that and, and realizing like, you know, I'm, I've done a lot. I've been capable of a lot. I've survived a lot. And it kind of knowing that like, I can rely on that mindset of like, you've already survived like hard things. So you can, you can do this one, whatever that thing is, even if it's something as quote unquote hard as a workout that just is kicking my butt. (laughs) Like, um, it's all relative, but it's, something to draw back on I think absolutely we all evolve and take our life experiences and help them continually connect all of the dots postpartum a lot of people have asked about that as far as your game plan I know that it is to you're you're going to be home for a little while on maternity Mm -hmm. leave and um you know the priority as far as her healing will be hydrating and eating. And we don't know the kind of birth she's going to have and be recovering from, but regardless of birth method, rest, hydration, fueling, all of that will be of high priority and just acclimating to life with a baby without the pressure of bouncing back or getting back to the gym right away. And I think you have a really solid grasp on that. Yeah. And I'm going to be continuing on with my pelvic floor physical therapist. So um, I actually had to cancel my appointment. I was supposed to see her on Wednesday. So, um, but we had already made a plan that I would be seeing her, you know, at around the six week mark postpartum yeah. anyway. Yeah. So my plan is to, to also be continuing on with that service too. I know that you are going to be seeing your pelvic floor PT. That's going to be awesome. We'll get you through doing some basic rehab movements, mostly for your brain to just get reconnected to that part of your body that is healing abdominal wall, pelvic floor, and then just make the adjustments as needed. And then we'll be doing the eight week postpartum athlete training program, which I think will really help you start to feel like yourself again. And that's been my experience with people is, is, uh, seeing them do that, take their rehab and start to put it in fitness that feels familiar so that, you know, they have a little bit something that makes them feel like themselves again. And I know that's going to be really beneficial for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's just your brain is shutting down now. (laughs) Are you all talked out? You forget. I'm like, I've been having contractions this whole time. So (laughs) this is so freaking awesome. I'm so glad that we did this podcast. 
even though Chance is doing his jujitsu in the background, it's fine. Yeah. And I think my doctor tried to come in at some point to, uh, to do some exams. So great. Well, Desiree, I am very excited for that. The next few hours have in store for us. And I know that, uh, your baby and this experience is going to be really awesome. And I cannot wait to see you become a mom. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, coming down the pipeline. <laughs> Quite literally. What a pipeline. <laughs> oh, well, that, that was too on the nose. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and I get to be an auntie for the first time. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm Can't so excited. Yeah. And I'm really excited to get out there, fly into South Dakota and hold a baby. Yeah. And feel your abs. That too. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for sharing this very special day with us. And we can't wait to see all of the pictures. Yep, I will be sharing, I'm sure. All right. Love you, sissy. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information and this work. Mm -hmm.